0: Welcome everybody to the It's a Crazy Life podcast. My name's Sarah and I will be your host. This podcast is dedicated to raising awareness for mental health whilst helping to end the stigma. It is my intention with this podcast to motivate, educate and inspire you on your very own journey to become the best versions of yourself. Good afternoon everybody and welcome back to the it's a crazy life podcast as always my name is sarah and i am your host today we have um an incredible um guy coming to talk to us it is an educational interview with uh andy morgan of total therapy redditch I stumbled across Andy um a couple of weeks ago I had just recorded Aiden's show and as I said in the bit of content leading up to the show that the universe conspired beautifully and whilst having an initial chat with Andy about another podcast that I actually host Andy started talking about why people self harm and I thought brilliant why not get Andy on straight after Aiden to give us some like you know coping strategies and also the logic behind why people actually self-harm and I think you're going to find this fascinating and he's also going to share with us in part two um, it is quite long so I split it into two he's also going to share with us the safe ways that you can release emotion because that is basically what people are doing when they're self-harming they're actually releasing the emotion and the heat behind that emotion So yeah, an eye-opening show for us all today and next week. I'm going to air part two of this next week. But while I'm on the subject of this other podcast that I actually host, I thought today I should put myself out of my comfort zone and actually advertise it with you all because some of you may have been listening to some of the guys from Total Therapy talking about Chinese medicine and be like me, be quite inquisitive and thinking what is this wizardry? So I'm going to signpost you to their podcast. It is Total Therapy Trainings podcast and it is basically a girl's journey through traditional Chinese medicine. So you join me on my little journey through Chinese medicine and learning about Actually, what it can help with, and how really, you know, sometimes some of their modalities are probably better than Western medicine. Yes, I said it (laughs) better than Western medicine. But honestly, guys, if you do want to listen to this and you do want to learn a little bit more about Chinese medicine, then give us a listen. Um, It is called Total Therapy Training Podcast, and it is a girl's journey through traditional Chinese medicine. God, that felt weird. I, I do feel weird kind of advertising myself. I'm not very good at this yet. It feels quite icky. Um, so it's something I've got to work on, and I'm up for the challenge, let's say. <laughs> but anyway, getting back onto today's show. This show. When I was editing it, I I, I put a little post out saying that I had a massive smile on my face. And the reason why I had a massive smile on my face is because the information in it and the knowledge that this guy is going to share with us. Andy Morgan is a Chinese medicine practitioner. Um, as I said earlier, he's of Total Therapy Redditch. Um, so if you guys are in the area and like what he says and fancy, you know, going to see Andy for a, you know, maybe a diagnosis or a little bit of help, then please do look him up on Facebook. It's Total Therapy Redditch. I must say though that this show has got a trigger warning as per the last one, because this could be quite sensitive to some people Um, but if you can please do try and stick with it because there is some amazing information for you especially in part two but this show um it actually Gave me a massive light bulb. Um, Andy talks of releasing the emotion, um, which is why people do self harm. And it got me thinking as Andy was talking about how I used to go raving. Now, me and a good, good group of friends, including my brother, we used to go sort of once a month or whatnot. And sometimes, if life was getting a little bit too heavy, and we'd say, We need to go to a rave to clear our heads. And I never quite understood it, because at these raves, you're taking a load of chemicals (laughs) that shouldn't be in your body, Um, you're dancing all night long, and you're dehydrated. But what I've learned from Andy's show is that actually, by going to a rave, and by getting off your bonts for a few hours, you're actually releasing a load of heat. You're actually releasing a load of emotion. So... Although whilst I don't condone a load of drug taking (laughs) and all the rest of it, I now can see why I did it and why it felt so good. Honestly, the light bulb moments for me um, in this uh, um, self-harm area that we're covering, especially as I thought I didn't know anything about it. Actually, I've been practising self-harm for quite a few years. (laughs) But it all makes complete sense now. And I do hope from listening to Andy and what he's going to share with us, his story included, that you guys can gain some understanding of it also. So without further ado, let's bring Andy on. Um, And also, one more thing I will say, you guys might not pick it up, but me, the perfectionist that I am, when me and Andy recorded this, I was not at my home and Andy was not at his home. So the old Zoom kind of elongating some words is in there, but it won't take away from the episode, I'm sure. So yeah, just a little caveat there. But... Let's do it. Let's go and speak to Andy and see what he's got to say about self-harm. Welcome Andy Morgan to It's a Crazy Life podcast. How are you today?
1: I am very well, thank you. I'm enjoying a lovely cup of tea and a chill out after a busy day.
0: Amazing. Well, it's so good to have you here. So today, Andy, after... The last show that we did here on the Crazy Life Podcast on self-harm, I thought this would be amazing to hear from you all about why people self-harm and the logical reason behind it and how we can actually make it safe. Because in our initial chat we've spoken, actually there is a reason that people do it. And so it makes sense to have a safe way of doing it so that we can release the emotions in that moment. Um, so I'm not going to say any more on the matter because... uh, this is what you're here to do I'm just going to listen to your perspective so let's do this (laughs) Andy please tell us your story what is it that you do
1: okay thank you very much and yes it's a it's it's an amazing subject to go into and I'm very much looking forward to this Mm -hmm. so I am effectively a a, a practitioner a doctor of Chinese medicine uh, trained through a traditional school um, up in Manchester um, and when I say traditional, as in the teachings go back to, to China, to Korea, to, um, to their origins, to the teachers of the teachers of the teachers and the scrolls. And it's very authentic and effective. So it is, um, it's very, very deep, goes into a huge amount of philosophy. And it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful art. really is. Um, I run a clinic in Redditch with my partner and, uh, we both have been trained the school and additional training throughout through through other schools so I do traditional Chinese medical massage um, acupuncture Indonesian massage cupping gua sha and um, my own specialist passion is acoustics um, which I, I do I do sound baths in and I do sound baths actually specifically for stress and anxiety using the sound and acoustics to help um ease and release the emotions, which we'll, we'll go on to in a little bit. Um, but also I do a bit of talking beforehand and I suppose guided visualizations. I'm a hypnotherapist as well, so guided scripts or how to we re, we re, retrain our own internal scripts and also perspectives on our work on chakras as well, um
2: or chakra concepts and work on those and how people's I don't know, um how people's beliefs about themselves can be and should be
1: undermined so much. Um, so their self-belief is undermined by the people around them. And I don't know, it just causes so much trauma, so much mental confusion. And the problem is we've been conditioned from this by from a very young age, from, from children. So, so why why do I always, and I hear it a lot, why, I don't understand why I believe this for so long because you were taught it before the age of seven or eight, it was fixed in your upbringing by the age of seven or eight. So, but you didn't know you were, it's not fair to say indoctrinated because you know parents don't mean to do this harm, but um, unfortunately it happens. And so, yes, it's, so I, I do my my best. It's very passionate to me because I've been through it as we will go through um, to give people the headspace, the courage, and the perspective of themselves to unravel everything that has been taught to them and loaded upon them and misappropriated and that has caused them so much, or is causing them so much mental anguish and mental fretting and everything else.
0: Yeah, it's it's huge, isn't it? It's massive. Like, we we don't realise that the programming that we received as children has such a bearing on our adult life and can really keep us trapped in trauma. and We don't realise.
1: Very much so, and the, the difficulty is that it's it. We could say we can blame the parents, but actually they were taught by their grandparents, their, their parents, and their parents. So these are a lot of these are ancestral habits and perspectives and beliefs. And to some extent, um, almost an an early shout out to anyone who is going through this kind of process. They are the people who are breaking the. Ancestral beliefs. So, to give themselves a bit of credit and patience and love because they're not just breaking their own emotional shackles, if you like. They are breaking down that of generations um, uh, who, you know, a lot of it was a lot of the rules that we grew up uh, in or for or with were created for a particular reason at a particular time during warfare, during battle, during survival. And that is how we need to live. And that is how we just get through and just survive every day. But we don't live in that world. No. We don't live in a world where that's that those rules make sense anymore. So people are going around with these rules and these ways of, of behaving and they have to interact and they have to think and believe that are to some extent, well, most majority are out of date. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: But nobody questions them because that's just the way our family is. That's just the way dad is. That's just the way my grandparents were. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you have to. You are not your parents. You are not your grandparents. And a lot of the trauma people are going through is, this is how I believe I should behave. But it doesn't make sense. And it's a real brain scrambler. It really is.
0: I needed to hear this I needed to hear what you just said because I'm going I'm on the ET course and I'm going through stuff at the moment and you just said there that a lot of us need to give ourselves a break because we are breaking ancestral like issues that's huge when you think about that that puts it into perspective it's not just you and your issues it's something that's come from you
2: know, generation after generation after
1: generation, yeah, wow, yeah, it, it, putting it putting it bluntly, you are working to fix something that was not your problem, wow. it was just made your problem, and you made it your problem, but it was never your problem. it was somebody else's it was somebody else's fear, somebody else's insecurity, someone else's anxiety, someone else's you know need for protection and survival, legitimately at the time but then they put it upon their kids and they put it upon their kids and they put it upon your kids and and you're sitting there going, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to behave like this? It doesn't make any sense because you're not living in the world where the rules were created.
2: Family rule book. The family says you need to behave like this, think like this, do this. Why? Because that's how the family behaves. Why? (laughs) The deepest and the strongest questions that
1: anybody and everybody can ask is why am I doing this? Why do I behave like this? Why do I think like this? Why do I eat that food? Why do I do? Why do I have this habit? Yeah. My and God. there's a reason for it. It's a coping mechanism. There's some. There's some reason that that makes your life seemingly better, but not.
0: Yeah, like you just said, we are literally living in survival, but somebody yeah. else's survival. Not even our own. Yeah. It's not even a, a a mechanism that we've created. It's something that's been instilled in us from somebody
1: else's fear at a time when survival was needed a lot of these come from a lot of these come from the first and second world war at a time when when survival was not important i was going to say we're not at war but you know that's that's not entirely true but um we are breaking the generational ties of but even then you know say we're not at war the, the what is what the world is going through at the minute isn't the same as the first and second world war so to apply the same principles into the same belief systems is out of date because the world is not the same. The rules are not the same. So therefore, using the same habits and following the same habits doesn't make any sense.
2: No,
0: no. <laughs> it's just blown my mind. That's amazing. Thank you for that. That was the I know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just funny how things land, isn't it? Like when you're on a mental health journey, like, like I have been for so long, and and people say things and it's just that difference in when somebody says something in the way it lands that can change your kind of outlook on it
2: yes
1: because you're willing to check and you're you're willing to question your reality and undo your you're in a process of undoing and questioning your reality and it is that same question why am i behaving like this and a, a lot of people when they when they are stuck or when they are unwilling to change is Particularly, you know, when you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, to sit there and think, my God, I've spent 20 years doing the wrong thing. But that you're unfair, we're unfair on ourselves. I've been wrong for 30 years. No, you just didn't know an alternative perspective because you were surrounded by a set of rules and people who followed those rules. And then you stepped outside of this and go, and the, it's not the question, it's not the statement, I am wrong. It's the question is, am I wrong? What could I do? What should I? What do I want to be doing rather than what I'm, Rather than just doing what you're told? Yeah. So you're questioning yourself. And, the, and as soon as you're willing to question yourself, you're willing to be wrong, so to speak. You're willing to change your perspective in an instant, in a word, in a phrase, in a context, in a perspective, and go, whoa, oh, yeah, fantastic. So you can you know, a lot of people again, a lot of people who are going through this, you it's 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 not all happy and because you have to unfortunately sit and look at the nasty stuff and the mean stuff and the horrible stuff that went through to to some extent and say, so, okay, this that's how I behave and understand why you behaved in that way. And then how do I want to behave tomorrow? So you learn the lesson you have to learn the lessons from yesterday in order to change yourself today, in order to live the life you want to live tomorrow, so That involves breaking down and questioning every rule you have ever lived by to see whether they are actually true for you or whether they were never yours. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> that's, the,
2: that's the ET concept, isn't that's the That's the emotional therapy concept. That's, it's, it's why.
1: Why do you do that? Why do you behave like that? Why do you think that? Why is, why, why is that emotion there? And then you suddenly go, oh, God, and then you understand why and then it dissolves or, or then you're able to rewrite it because you're down to the root cause of where it came from and then you can dissolve it if you choose to or you can enhance it if you choose to but at least you know is it yours or is it a label given you by someone else? Is it a, something given to you by something else that you are carrying? Put it out. If it's not yours, put it down.
0: Yeah. I'd love to put it down and leave it there.
1: <laughs> it was never your majority of the things were never yours in the first place. You've just been holding them for somebody else because they thought it was important to give to you. I think we talked to things before is that someone gave you a shield and a sword years ago and said, you must carry these and you must defend yourself against all, you know, all attack. But you're carrying a shield that was never yours. You're carrying a sword that was never yours and you're using it and you don't know how, you don't know why. We don't know what we're doing. We've been given tools that we have no idea how to use because they were never ours. Haven't got a clue.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I hope the listeners have had a a light bulb moment there because I certainly have. Amazing, so Andy today um we are talking about self harm um and from our initial chat as I, as i as I said in the introduction, I was astounded by what you said, so please, can you share with us you know what is self harm
1: okay, so just to be clear, I can only speak for my experience uh in chinese medicine and in my own study i am not an academic expert expert in self um obviously i've got a, a background in history and training in emotional therapy um but i am not a psychologist in the in the clinical sense so that's just as a caveat really it's from my findings um from largely from myself uh and my own life if you like um but the perspective that I have come to is that self-harm is any repetitive action or habit designed to ease emotional weight or pressure to help someone effectively to help somebody think straight or get through the day or sleep or just to be able to function through their day but it goes as with, with many things they go from the relatively light and simple if you like um, crying, yelling, laughing, you know, some sort of release to help you feel better. I mean, when we have a good cry, we, uh, you know, you thought heard of a, a primal, um, a primal screen therapy, uh, laughter therapy. And it's effectively, it's uh, enabling you to express your emotion in a particular way. Um, somewhat insane in a controlled way but you know laughter therapy and anyone who's done it you start laughing just randomly and then suddenly you just get into belly laughs and emotional laughing and crying and tears and it's all very messy Um, and it's not necessarily that you are happy it's the fact that you have allowed the laughter to release the emotion Um, but anyone who's had a damn good cry knows afterwards they feel empty they feel hollow um and we'll go on to a bit about whether that's not actually a bad thing. Um, putting it bluntly, if you've, got a, if you've got a bucket of crap in front of you um, and you empty that out, the bucket is empty. The bucket is void of all contents. But that's good because what was in it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> if we sit and feel empty, it's because we have let out something. And most people do it, they'll, they'll have a good cry and they go, oh, I feel much better. But the problem is all they've done is they've let the pressure off. They've let the top of it. They've just skimmed the surface so they're able to function and giving themselves a headspace. Those people who don't necessarily. Um, so, so I'm not saying crying, laughing, yelling is a form of self harm, but they are merely forms of expression to help you get the headspace to get through
2: the day. What happens is when we start going deeper. So when we. When we take this, we we skim the top off, but it's not quite
1: enough. We don't deal with the underlying cause, the underlying seed, the underlying um, deeper barrel of crap that the bucket came from, if you like. Um, And that starts to fester, it starts to stagnate, it starts to cause um, tension and trauma and toxins within us. So we need to find other ways to release that same pressure, just in the same way of laughing, crying and yelling does. But sometimes you know you're in a meeting you can't just go off and cry. You're driving down the street you can't always cry. It's very inconvenient. Trust me, I've been there. Yeah. Um, and yes, going out and yelling to the winds is a lovely thing to do. But sometimes life doesn't enable you to do it, or you don't let yourself. Um, and that, that's another entire point: we're not allowed to express these things. We're told, "Don't cry." You know, stiff up a lip. You know, just just get on with it. You know, what are you being emotional? you're yeah. not allowed to express as well we don't allow yourself as to a fracture or fear or whatever so then we start going into other ways to let out the heat and this is uh, I, say, I say heat is the chinese concept so this is where the chinese concept comes in when we have these emotions within us when we are um, when we do not express them they go somewhere energy is neither created nor, tra- nor destroyed it is merely transformed Once we feel a burst of anger or fear or something in our system and we do not express it for whatever reason, where does it go? Chinese concept of it stays within the body. It stays as an energy packet and energy blockage within the body. And those build up and cause aches and pains and um, joint issues and muscle issues and headaches and tensions. Um, We can have roiling, you know, uh, stomach digestive issues, IBS, um, It can start causing problems with our liver. We can get tight-chested because we're not, you know, very often there's a a chakra concept of um, we get have something in our throat and you get them (coughs) trying to clear their throat. There's something that they're trying to say or something that needs to be said that's trying to come out that they're swallowing and not letting out. But our body can only hold this for so long. So the heat gets so full and we start, where does heat go? Heat rises. So heat comes to the head. Yeah. So we end up with headaches, migraines, uh unable un- 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 to sleep, unable to concentrate, unable to think, unable to process our words, and un- able to listen to people because we can't take any more information in. We can't focus on we hate loud noises, busy busy crowds, busy um busy rooms, um, anything where there is an excess of noise, excess stimulation. You can hear it even people clothes on the skin is an excess stimulation and they're already so full. This emotional buildup that anything else becomes too much. So we try and clear it out. The fun, and this is where the interesting, this is where the shift between Western and the Eastern thinking goes is there are ways for us to release that in the bodies by releasing heat. So this is where the rubbing comes in. So we rub at the skin. Now typically we're talking self-harming, it's on the wrists. Yes. within Chinese medicine, within Chinese meridian systems, within relation to the organs. The wrists are key emotional centers relating to the lungs, the pericardium, and the heart. Big centers when we talk about emotions. Um, you spot anyone with a, with a tattoo on their wrists, um, usually very often their left wrist, I have put money on the fact that it's an emotional one. And people, I'm sure people listening to this will just go, yep, got one of those. And it will be very, very impersonal to them. They also very likely have or have considered a piercing at the top of the right ear. Um, or multiple piercings down their ears, those are pain relief within Chinese medicine. We use those to relieve physical, emotional, and mental pain. Wow. People don't, people don't know these things because they're an Eastern concept, and yet they still do them. So they don't know them mentally, consciously, but subconsciously they go, oh, that area right there, if I scratch at it that it's going to make me feel better. And this is where the difficulty is when you ask people, why do you scratch yourself? I don't know. It makes me feel better. Because they don't have the conscious knowledge and information to go because you're trying to release heat from the emotional center of your body to give you the headspace to think straight, but it's not just the wrists, people rub at the earlobe. A cut a point where we use in um, acupuncture, there's a point on there for anxiety. If the earlobe is bright red, you bleed at that point with an acupuncture needle, people just go, Ah, oh. what. An acupuncture point, yes, an acupuncture point on the ear. Anyone who does auricular acupuncture, anyone who wants to look up auricular acupuncture, it is actually uh, an antidepressant and an anxiety-related point. The other one is um, rubbing at the thumb, rubbing at the base of the thumb or rubbing onto the thumbs or the fingers in particular, biting the nails. All of these are ways to create inflammation, and they make it go red, right? Yeah. They go red, they go inflamed, they go a bit sore, but that red is the blood coming to the surface to try and get the food. So there's the physical ones. Then you start going into things like we talked about clothes being uncomfortable. people who just wear very small amounts of clothes or just have the urge to just get naked. Um, You could even go to the Britney Spears option of shaving the head. So yes, that was potentially a rebellion against the hair was very much a characteristic thing. But when you have an emotional uh, event and you're trying to get the heat out of your head, shaving the head calls the head. I have had that one many times. I've done clippers for my own hair and I've just sat there and I've, I've been emotionally tense and full, and I've just looked at the clip and gone, mm, could I pull off a one? I don't know. And I just wanted to shave my head because I wanted to clear the heat from my head and the pressure from my head. And I thought and felt intuitively that it would help. Uh, so that's the sort of the physical habits, um, going to the gym habitually, going for a run habitually. And when I was talking habitually, I'm not talking trying to achieve a time for a marathon or trying to achieve weights for a, a competition this is i have to go to the gym otherwise i'll go crazy i have to go for a run otherwise i'm going to explode again it's a, a repetitive action or habit designed to ease emotional weight or pressure to help someone think straight sleep and concentrate and they help they release it so they go and they they burn it off and they go ah oh, i feel drained i feel heavy i feel i've gone he- hot and I've been sweating going to have a nice cold shower why because they're trying to take they're trying to vent out the emotion and let out the heat then those, so those are the ones who are actually trying to do something about it. Then obviously you have the deflection characteristics, um, of self-harming. So, uh, food, drink, drugs, sex, um, the usual, the, the usual typical habitual things. They are very often coping mechanisms and deflection mechanisms. Yeah. I don't know how to deal with this issue and I can't cope with it. So I will find some way to switch off from it will deflect Um, so that goes into comfort eating. Um, obviously, alcohol, drugs, and sex are, are the easy ones for. Um, I feel better for either switching off or releasing in, mm-hmm. the, in the bluntest sense of the term. There are, you know, the self harm is one, one of the things I really want to, to, to bring up with the, the stigma side for self harm is people say, oh, well, you scratch at your wrists, therefore you are trying to do yourself harm. You are, and they're labeled with the stigma of trying to hurt themselves. And it may well be later on when the things get full. And we do try and call cause harm because we're so angry and frustrated and we dislike ourselves for this habit or we dislike ourselves for what we're doing or we don't know how to vent it. We just get so angry. So the phrase anger overrides fear. They're so afraid of what's going on and they're so angry about being afraid they want to vent it out. So, yes, there may be an element of if I feel pain, then it deflects from the internal pain. From the, if I feel external pain in the outer body, it deflects from my internal pain. But that's not where it started. It was the attempt to try and clear the heat out. And there is no different from someone who bites their nails, rubs, their, uh, rubs their earlobe, or, have, or habitually goes to the gym or goes for a run than someone who rubs at their wrist. They just have a different method. And unfortunately, the rubbing of the wrist has the stigma of you're trying to kill yourself.
2: Yeah.
1: But anyone who does any, any kind of anatomy of doing that with your nails is ineffective to, to nil really um oh bloodletting. i wanted to mention yeah that's just come in so one of the other things that when you when you bite your nails when you rub at the skin or chafe or whatever it bleeds within chinese medicine bloodletting, uh, and not just chinese medicine it's, it comes into hijama um, as well letting out a drop of blood talked about bleeding the ear lets out a disproportionately large amount of heat, heat. a little bit of blood lets out a lot of heat Right. So, yes, you can rub at the skin, but it, until it bleeds, you let out more heat. So all of this is about trying to get out heat because heat rises and messes with the head. Okay. So self-harming is uh, uh, is any method in my book, in my opinion, from my perspective and how I work, any method that we habitually use to um, try and release this heat and pressure that does us a negative. That does us harm in some way. I've got people arguing probably right now, going, "Yeah, but going to the gym's healthy. Going to the is healthy. Yes, but not if you do it until you break. Not if you do it when you want to rest, but you have to go because mentally you're going to explode. There's nothing wrong with going for a run because you love running. There's nothing wrong with going to the gym because you want to be fitter and faster and
2: stronger. But people who have to go to the gym, or they go crazy, or they explode." They are not doing it for the love and
1: passion of going to the gym or whatever the exercise is. They're doing it as a as a deflection mechanism, as a coping mechanism to actually get through their week. Yeah. So I personally call that self-harm. Wow. Because they're usually broken. They're physically broken. They they they're physically hurt. They're physically tense. They're physically tight. They're physically torn. But they can't stop themselves from going to the gym because otherwise they
2: otherwise they they just can't go.
0: Oh my goodness. So like, even myself, I would have thought self harm was the cutting, you know, hurting yourself. I mean, I said to Aidan last week that I suppose when I was kind of taking drugs and drinking and stuff, that was my self harm. I wanted to harm myself. And he said that's exactly what it is. But like, this, this has opened my eyes even more. So like, people just to release heat will, will, will do these things subconsciously. That they don't realize what they're doing. Because I'm sure not everybody who self harms thinks, oh, I'm just releasing a load of emotional heat. They, like Again. you say, they can't cope with it. So they, they, they have to do something before they'll explode. So it's as if people are like creating ways to go underneath the radar so that people don't realize that they're self harming.
2: Yes,
1: uh, the difficulty is, is the, comment for the phrase you used there is that people don't know what they're doing people be very aware of what they are doing but Um, what they don't know is that magic word why
2: right I know
1: I'm rubbing at my wrists I want to rub at my wrists but I don't know why and the stigma comes from because people don't people don't know why why don't you just stop going to the gym why don't you just stop rubbing at it because if I do my head yeah and that's the answer that they can't necessarily express it because they don't know why they're doing it in the first place. so one of the big things i want to take out the stigma is the self hate or the self anger at doing this so-called damaging procedure what you're actually trying to do is heal yourself in some way. you're trying to give yourself um you're trying to help yourself survive but you don't necessarily know that because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing and this is where this whole thing come from me comes in of You don't have to stop doing what you're doing, but understanding why you're doing it for one, and then change it so you're not destroying yourself in doing mentally, physically, emotionally, and psychologically. So, So you can still treat yourself, and a lot of these things you can still do in a far safer way, and alternatives to do that. So you don't cause the harm to yourself, but you still get the thing.
0: Wow. So, so my next question was going to be, why do people self harm? Well, I suppose is that the answer really that they they're releasing.
2: It, it is. It is kind of
1: tied in. It's it's about that releasing that the the what and the why are very are very linked um, in that one. So yeah, I, I, there is there there is that that overlap like, of what it is, but it's the why. And yeah, it, they tie on beautifully. As I say, it's heat. Heat from emotions, heat from trauma, heat from things that people haven't released or haven't processed, Um, uh, and it it can be exacerbated by alcohol creates heat, greasy food creates heat. So uh, comfort eating and alcoholism um, generate more heat. So yes, you're deflecting, but as soon as you as soon as you either sober up or ready for the next meal, you're right back into the hot space again, and you achieve nothing other than making yourself a temporary feel, temporary reflecting on the temporary feel better. But yes, the the, the why the why is, is to try and make themselves feel better and ease that pressure, to ease that heat. And, and, as you, and exactly as you say, it's entirely intuitive how they're doing it. And that's that's where the difficulty comes. They are not in control of their actions because they don't consciously understand what they're doing. And that's where the trauma comes in. And that's where really, the, I don't know why I'm doing it. Yeah and that, that, that in itself generates more fear uncertainty anxiety and and everything else
0: so what so so say for instance if i got really angry and um i couldn't express it because it just wasn't appropriate and 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 I, so, I, so i i i that then it went in as heat what how does the heat manifest then why why is it heat
1: okay um it is energy. Okay. It is energy and it is, and it is stored. So the, the, why is it heat? It's, you know, within, within, with anger as an example is quite a good one because anger itself is, is, is heat. It's yang. It's what we call yang. So, you know, heat rises. The, the, seeing red, um, the, the face flushes red. Anger in its own right is heat.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you can argue so as embarrassment and everything else. So there are multiple emotions which are directly heat related. Um, what we're kind of going into here is, is, is the box. People know about the box. You know, I'm going to put it in a box. So something happens and a trauma happens or an event happens or an, an emotion happens and we feel that anger and we're not allowed, we're not allowed to, we don't allow ourselves to express it. We put it in a box, which is fine as a short term. So yes, in that moment, it would be for whatever reason inappropriate. We could argue whether that it is inappropriate, but if you choose to at the time to swallow it, Yes, you put it in a box, but when you get home, do something about it. Find a way to express it. So then there's lots of different ways which we'll go into Yeah. If you don't, you have a box full of anger, anger which you've got to do something with. It needs energy to hold it down. So that box is then creating a stagnation, it's creating a blockage. It's stored somewhere within your body, and it itself creates an energy load. So got, you need energy to hold that box, which is fine if it's just one box. But it's never just one box, because you're dealing with an underlying issue. So you have more boxes. And then as you get more boxes, they require more energy. So most people who are suffering with emotional things will also be very tired. Why? Because they're holding down a hell of a load of boxes. And what happens, an event comes along, the energy is required to deal with this emergency, where they've got to take it off the box. What happens? <clears throat> they explode. Everything comes out of the box at the wrong, at the wrong time, usually because you're yelling about things that from from decades ago that you're yelling at your boss about. And they try, they're very confused and it's everything else because everything came out of the box but these boxes take energy so why is it heat it's heat because it's energy um it's heat because it creates stagnation it heats heat because it eats away it as it heats heat because it's constantly moving around and trying to get out and we are holding it in and holding it, in and holding it in. so that's not an easy question to answer sorry um <laughs> no i love i love the difficult questions um but that is, and letting out the heat is, is, um, is a one way, but it is the most common way.
2: Okay. Oh my God.
0: This is bigger than I thought. This self harm yeah. is bigger than I thought. And I'm loving, oh, I, I'm not loving the fact, but like, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that there's actually a logical reason behind this. I'm, I, I'm really like that that gives me hope is in like you know that we can you know you can help people with this situation mm. like you know there there is an end to it sort of thing
1: but- it's you get at the it's bigger at the outskirts of what you if you want to call the tree, but actually the root cause is actually surprisingly simple and it's it, it's it's simple but it's not it's it's there's not much to it therefore what's what's lovely about this kind of thing is if you're able to just flip a couple of switches, tweak a couple of perspectives, and adjust your behaviours, everything disappears very, very quickly. Um, it's nasty on the way out, but it disappears Um because they're based on root fears, they're based on root beliefs, they're based on root
2: perspectives that are incorrect. Um, so if you can adjust those bit by bit, all the other, all the rest of the tree Changes. Yeah.
1: Although um, well, the spider, you know, if you kill off the spider, the web, there's no more webs. You can brush away webs all you like. If you don't kill the spider, you're still going to get webs. So if you kill off the spider, which is only one thing, rather than a dozen webs, no more webs.
0: Great analogy. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Can I ask then? You may not want to answer, but have you got any experience with self harm for yourself or, or for others who you may know?
1: Yes, to both. Um, probably, I mean, within my professional work, um, I haven't had many people come to me for treatment of self harm. Um, but what I've had is I've, ha- I've had people come to me with a history of self harm. So with the, with the scratches or the burns or things on their skin and they're coming to me. So they've, they're usually people who've gotten uh, not, part, not, not past it, but used to it. Um so they they have other ways they have other methods that are slightly less destructive um going on to the, the physical you know, physical damaging methods um but they still have the underlying beliefs, they still have the underlying insecurities they still have the underlying lack of self worth lack of self love that that is a stem this um so i tend to deal with, i tend to 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 help them with those kind of things muscular skeletal issues um breathing issues internal issues health issues but then we get into the conversation and the ties are very clearly linked back um i do have you know some experience within uh, within my family but to be honest the main one is me um nice. not to talk about me but the easiest thing i can talk about is is me yeah. um i had my own um work to dissolve and actually it's a difficult it's it's not difficult to talk about but it's it seems un- unfair and unkind because mine wasn't put upon me so mine was related to um, how I took the upbringing by my parents, but it wasn't a,
2: an unkind upbringing. It was a very loving upbringing, but it was done in a way that, I suppose, let's put it this, put it
1: simply, the, the answers were, were given to me and the, the ways of doing things were told to me. And anything other than that was pointless and wrong, which sounds like a lovely way to live. But the problem with that is it meant i never grew up making my own decisions or, or understanding why things happen or how to do things i just did as i was told and if i didn't do as i was told if i did try and to own things it was perceived as wrong and laughable well, why would you do that that doesn't make any sense but again it was never done out of shaming or harm or and a lot of people will have that of um because the parent is has taken that route, um, more aggressive or angry, whatever it is. Um, Whereas, so mine was actually very, seemingly very soft, but for me, it created a massive dent in my own um, self-love, self-worth, self-belief. And so I always believed I was wrong. I always looked to authority. I never made my own decisions. I never took on responsibilities. I always believed, Whatever, how much ever, ever, however much effort I put into something, it was never enough. So I always just I either stopped trying or always just believed I'd done something wrong. So there's no point in doing anything because it was always going to be wrong or not going to be enough. Not because I was shot down. It was the fact that there was, well, you could do, if you tried a bit harder, you could do that. Yes, I could. But, you know, it, I did, I, it, and it, it is down to me. And this is the big thing of it's how, I took that parenting it's how I changed that, and how I took that on board with me. see, I made my own rules from that of willing in order to do that i'm also so a I'm always wrong b I have no authority c you know um everyone else comes before me yeah.
2: um,
1: and so I put myself at the bottom of the pile. I need to help them because I'm wrong, and they're right. Da, 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 da um and yes i had plenty of people in in my life who triggered these in various ways um i mean i had an ex girlfriend who we would have conversations so called uh, arguments and she would have her point i would have my point and after about half an hour i'd give up and just go fine okay you're right you right. and she'd come back and uh, an hour later you know what i realized you were right within the first 5 minutes but i wasn't going to change
2: my argument so but you know you were right like but i i let myself be put down be beaten be
1: wrong against the truth of the situation which was that I was right um and that that played a massive massive part in my own you know decision making and um acting and living for myself and and, and working for myself um and almost you know, it it almost partly what broke me when i actually found the chinese medicine because i was working a job i didn't like i was despondent about the the um the whole ethos around it i was in an environmental job being paid to justify not protecting the environment and it was like uh, this, i'm in the wrong yeah you know, the wrong way um i wasn't happy in various other ways i was under a lot of pressure and things and then i found chinese medicine which spoke my language Made my spirit come alive, made my made me light up. And people here who support me. I mean, Chris Chris has has been the the biggest influence on my in my life to help me shift those perspectives. But then I come up to training and I do all the courses, and then I go back to that life where I'm living. And and the, the 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 contrast between them was almost destroying. So as a child, I was angry. I was frustrated about always being wrong, but knowing within my heart I'm not wrong. So I blamed myself for it, even though I knew I wasn't wrong. So mine was punching. I used to punch things, um, trees, uh, lamp posts, um, brick walls to again, just deflect from the pain. So it was an expression of anger. Um, and I caused myself pain, but it was fine because it
2: was nothing compared to what I felt. Um, uh, but then
1: that got, a little deeper and darker so for me it was actually driving back home on the m6 and there was, a, there was a sharp corner it was a long turning between junction 16 and junction 15 of the m6 which every now and again you just think well, what happens if you just turn straight on or turn left and that was where i went to and um i was gonna say my 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 kids saved me actually i saved myself for the for, for wanting to see my kids but other people don't save us this is a, a a deflection it's 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 disempowering ourselves of oh i could i had to I had to i couldn't do it for my family I couldn't do it for this I couldn't do it for that couldn't be no you couldn't do it because you knew you wanted to live in this life you want to be alive otherwise you'd be dead right now. and that's a that's a very blunt thing if you want to die, you will find a way to die if something is stopping you from that, then there's something for you that you know you want to live with
2: yeah.
1: And that is your light. That is your, even if it's your first light, and even if it's seemingly small, light, that is your first the most important light. You want to live for something. Therefore, some part of you want to live. Therefore, you follow that, even if it's just, you know, step by step, you will come out the other side I'm... because you have something to live for.
0: I love what you said about how, when people say the opposite, like I did it for my kids, it disempowers them
1: love what you said there because in the bluntest sense possible if you're dead you don't have any words there isn't nothing to worry about yes okay people will be sad and people will be unhappy but hey they'll get over it they'll get past it they'll move on you know i've had a death within my family my mother died when i was 19 another part of my, my trauma and yeah i carried on living i didn't you know i didn't fade away i didn't uh, it wasn't the end of my life yeah it wasn't great um, and that's been part of my process. It took, me, it took me a few years to work on that one alone. Um, but in whatever way, shape, or form, people will carry on with their
2: lives once someone has died. So they don't spontaneously just you know, end. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's that's again that's a little bit harsh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's possibly some objections to that, but
1: if you want to live then it's, you're, you, it's, it's you that wants to live not you living for somebody else that's disempowering you and i want to live for them i want to live to to get past this to get over even if that's the same thing i want to get to live to get past this and live the life that i want to live that's enough to start
2: yeah oh my god thank you for that.
0: that thank you for sharing that that must have been a bit hard yeah. Well, folks, there you have it, part one of my incredible interview with Andy Morgan of Total Therapy Redditch, all about why people self-harm. Thank you, Andy so much for sharing your story with us there. I think I kind of sprung that on him a little bit, but you did very well and um, by getting that out. Uh, As I said I've split this into two so part two will be coming to you next Saturday at the usual time of two o'clock and in that show we're going to be finding out the safe ways for people to release emotions and heat. So I hope you'll all join me for that until then stay safe stay well and I'll see you all again very soon. Mm you've been listening to the it's a crazy life podcast my name's sarah and i've been your host this podcast is dedicated to raising awareness for mental health whilst helping to end the stigma